and welcome to my podcast, Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. I'm Dr. Tio Wan Lin, and in this week's Dermatology Flash Briefing, we're going to talk about the differences between sensitive skin and reactive skin. Now, these two terms are often confused amongst laypersons, and in this podcast episode, I will try to help you recognize if you have any of the symptoms of sensitive or reactive skin, how to distinguish between the two categories of symptoms. We're also going to talk about what the different types of eczema are, how you can manage your symptoms at home, and when you need to see a dermatologist. Firstly, Dermatitis is a term that is used interchangeably with eczema. There are various types of eczema, but they all have a common feature, which is the failure of the skin barrier. This manifests in terms of red, flaky, dry skin, and skin symptoms can include itching, sensitivity. Tingling, stinging, especially when exposed to skincare or even water, different types of products or changes in the environment. The first type of dermatitis I want to mention is atopic dermatitis. This is the typical sort of eczema that starts in early childhood. There is a strong genetic component. So it may run in families, especially in association with、um, conditions such as asthma, allergic rhinitis, hay fever, sinusitis. All these are part of、uh, what we call the atopic triad. Now, for childhood eczema, it tends to occur over the flexures or the extensors of your limbs. Including the neck area, and it can also be worsened by changes in your environment,、um, and triggered off by the use of harsh cleanses and soaps. Another type of dermatitis is known as contact dermatitis. For dermatologists, we further subdivide that into allergic and irritant contact dermatitis. Allergic contact dermatitis is much rarer than irritant contact dermatitis. It tends to occur in response to、um, repeated exposure to a certain sensitizing substance.、Um, this results in, for example, what we know as nickel allergy, a sort of metal allergy.、Um, nickel is a common contaminant of non-surgical type of steel. Um, in most costume jewelry, there is environmental contamination of nickel. Irritant contact dermatitis is far more common. It is induced by exposure to harsh soaps, cleansers, lauryl sulfates in particular,、um, has been the cause of a lot of cases of irritant contact dermatitis. This is associated also with the high pH of cleansers. Lauryl sulfates have increasingly been substituted for gentle emulsifier alternatives, either botanical derived emulsifiers like soy, honey, amino acid based surfactants, or in the case of cleansing for very very dry skin, cleansing oils, which are usually based on mineral oils. 
Finally, seborrheic dermatitis is a special type of eczema that is perhaps not as well known amongst the laypersons. Um, seborrheic, the term really refers to oily skin. Um, it originates from the term seborrhea. Well, it may seem paradoxical to have both oily and dry skin at the same time, but in fact, this is a common complaint of a lot of individuals who feel that they suffer from dry, flaky skin on their face. Um, they actually have seborrheic dermatitis. Seborrheic dermatitis occurs predominantly over the face area because that's where your oil glands are the most active. The eyebrow area, your nose, the junction between your cheeks and your lips, which we call the nasolabial area. Um, these areas have concentrated oil glands. Seborrheic dermatitis is caused by an overgrowth of yeast. In fact, Malassezia furfa is a common skin commensal that is responsible for seborrheic dermatitis. It overgrows in tropical climates and results in skin inflammation. It occurs almost exclusively in post-pubertal type of skin um, due to the influence of hormones um, on the skin microenvironment with the production of oil. Seborrheic dermatitis actually starts from your scalp. So a lot of patients wonder why when they are diagnosed with seborrheic dermatitis on the face, we also tell them to use an antifungal shampoo such as ketoconazole shampoo on the scalp. The reason is because this fungus lives on your scalp. It enjoys the oily microbiome of the scalp and as a result, it overgrows and subsequently, um, the uh, overcolonization results in inflammation uh, leading to scalp flaking and redness. Well, we've learned a little bit about the different types of dermatitis. Now, we also want to touch a little bit on treatments for each type of dermatitis. The important thing to recognize about atopic dermatitis is that it is genetic and hence, individuals who are diagnosed with atopic dermatitis need to consider long-term treatment and maintenance. If your symptoms are moderate to severe, you will need long-term follow-up with an accredited dermatologist. Um, your dermatologist will be prescribing you topical steroids or steroid-sparing agents like calcineurin inhibitors, which can help to manage this chronic condition. Now, there are two key challenges in the treatment of atopic dermatitis. Firstly, the phenomenon known as tachyphylaxis. It means that you will get a certain amount of resistance um, to the steroid after repeated exposure, which means that um, you, know, you no longer respond to something which was once effective for you. It could be the reason why we see a lot of online stories about individuals who have overused steroids to the extent that they have severe steroid-induced skin atrophy. But on the flip 
side that has also led to a dangerous phenomenon we call steroid phobia, which something um you know as dermatol which is something that dermatologists are aware of, and it's not a good thing because, uh, firstly, um, while you cannot and should not self medicate with topical steroids, at the same time, if you have been advised by your dermatologist to use topical steroids, uh, which you really need, failure to comply with their advice or not seeking appropriate treatment. Um, for example, with the correct potency or type of steroid, because of steroid phobia, this will lead to skin barrier dysfunction, failure, and the end stage is a catastrophic condition known as erythroderma, which is the most severe form of skin barrier dysfunction, which is even life threatening. Um, for management of contact dermatitis, for allergic contact dermatitis, my advice is this: prevention is key. In the first place, minimize exposure to costume jewelry. I personally recommend from the time that a child is ready to have their ears pierced or to start wearing any form of jewelry to opt for surgical steel. Instead, surgical steel is different from stainless steel in that it is a special grade um, known as three one six L in the manufacturing industry, um, as opposed to the normal type of stainless steel, uh, which is most often used in cutlery and cookware and in certain types of earrings. But these also have environmental nickel contamination. The presence of the smallest amount of nickel can cause sensitization over several years. Uh, while you may not consider yourself a sensitive skin individual, but it does take many years, decades, for one to develop nickel allergy, and after that, it's almost impossible to reverse the process. For irritant contact dermatitis, I would advise that all families switch to a gentle dermatologist recommended cleanser for washing their hands and、uh, for showering, and also to bear in mind that contact with household detergents、uh, is a risk factor. So always wear long gloves when you're washing the dishes, or better still, invest in a dishwasher. When you're mopping the floor and there's exposure to the detergents on the ground, be sure to wear boots that cover your skin fully. Now, to minimize exposure to,、um, you know, too many types of skincare products is also、um, a, a wise piece of advice because that will reduce your chance of developing contact dermatitis due to sensitization. As a rule of thumb, look for dermatologist-recommended brands. These have been tested for use in a clinical setting on very sensitive skin.、Um, So the difference here is that these brands are much better tolerated by all skin types. Now, finally, to distinguish between the public perception of what sensitive skin and reactive skin really is, as we spoke about right at the start of the podcast, I feel that the most scientific way is to fall back. On the manifestations of these different types of dermatitis, for seborrheic dermatitis and non-dermatitis、uh, barrier-related skin disorders such as rosacea, these can also present. 
um, with facial redness, burning, stinging symptoms worsened by environmental changes. Um, in particular, for rosacea, when the weather gets hot, your face gets redder, and unlike in normal individuals, the redness doesn't subside. So all these symptoms will be perceived um, by the individual as a form of skin reactivity. Um, but in fact, it's not a form of true sensitive skin in the sense, in the context of what we're discussing, which is a form of barrier dysfunction or dermatitis. However, we do want to note that it is possible to have an, uh, both rosacea and facial eczema at the same time. These conditions can coexist. True skin sensitivity is likely a form of atopic dermatitis where you're actually genetically predisposed to having barrier dysfunction. However, as we have discussed, if you have any other form of dermatitis, you may also present with similar symptoms of skin sensitivity and react to environmental changes. Hence, the most important thing is, number one, prevention. And secondly, if you do suspect that you have a form of dermatitis or facial sensitivity, to visit an accredited dermatologist who will treat you with appropriate medications to get the condition under control. Well, that's it for this week's Dermatology Flash Briefing. This is Dr. Teo Wan Lin for Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. You may follow me on my Instagram at Dr. Teo Wan Lin and also visit our podcast website at www.scienceofbeauty.net for the full podcast transcript. Oh,